any problem that could ever hit us, hit us. And, uh, you know, we've had shareholder problems, you know, it's, it's, it's been an incredibly difficult path that uh, will, will test every fibre in your being. The Architects of Business on Joe, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome back to the Architects of Business on Joe, made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, where you hear the inspirational stories of some of Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Sonia Lennon, and in today's episode, I'll be speaking with Gavin Walsh, founder and CEO of iCabby. Founded in 2010, iCabby brings technology and innovation to traditional taxi businesses. Gavin, thank you so much for coming in to the Architects of Business to tell us about iCabby. And I suppose it makes sense, because you are not a consumer-facing product, to tell us, give us the elevator pitch, what does iCabby do? Yeah, this is actually not so easy, but the, a time before people used to use apps to book taxis, they used to ring the local taxi companies. So that... That, that, that industry is still a very large global industry. And what our business is, we're a software company offering taxi companies the technology that they need to compete against new players like Uber that you're hearing about a lot in the papers and so on. So it's a logistics engine for them, basically. Yeah, effectively, yeah. We're, we're, we're a dispatch company. We provide consumer apps. and uh, So the local taxi company can get a consumer app and they can get uh, online booking. And uh, we do lots and lots of products. So we, we have a big challenge in front of us. And do they white label it? or do They white label it, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. And what percentage then of the global market is still held by these guys? Joe, it's a very difficult, uh, we, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out, uh, it's changing globally, like with the, with the billions that are going into this industry in disrupting it. It's a very difficult kind of um, a statistic to get. But, you know, our market in the UK, for example, is still about 280,000 vehicles. Wow. In the US is probably similar. So uh, there, there are core markets. We're in Canada as well. We're just entering uh, Europe. Uh, we've got our biggest ever contract recently in Australia. Fantastic. Um, so we've been, uh, you know, we, we've been enjoying high growth since we started, which is good. So, uh, uh, and really, as 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 the other players are growing, the taxi companies need answers, and our job has been the best answer to, to these changes in the market. Amazing. That wasn't so difficult. <laughs> you know, when you ask certain people, they've nearly, you know, it, it's not. They need so a diagram. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the difficulty with B two B business sometimes. Yeah, of course. You know, B two C has to be crystal clear. The proposition has to be a one line pitch so that people get it. B two B is is more difficult. I always think. That's a Joe. You know, it's a good point. And even uh, when it's an, in Entrepreneur of the Year, you, you see lots of different businesses and they they explain them to you, and you're not you don't quite yeah. understand them. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So let's go back down memory road a little bit. Yeah. Your upbringing um, is quite interesting in in terms of the pioneering spirit that inhabited your home. Yeah, it's it's um, something that I grew up with. So like my, my dad's from a farm down in in Dungarvan called Coolnagower, and incidentally the, the 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 name of the business called Icabi. But that's just a trading name. The business is called Coolnagower. So we named it after the farm my dad grew up in. Amazing. And there's 11 kids in the farm. The deal is the oldest kid gets the farm. 
The rest have to make their own way. In, feudal, in, in, feudal times. That's just the way it was. So uh, a good few of my dad's brothers and sisters went over to London, as did lots of Irish people in the late 50s. Uh, and he did quite well. He became a, he did a night school to become an electrician and, and he bought a couple of houses. But his, his dream was to get back to Ireland and, and to set up his own business. And he was sitting on a doorstep in uh, Kilburn High Street and he saw a car driving by and knocking a wing mirror off. And he just heard, it was early 60s at this point, and he'd heard that the Irish driving test had just come out in Ireland. Before that, anybody selling you the car would tell you how to drive it up the road and off you go. There was no driving license. So he went and got a job at British School of Motoring, learned to become a driving instructor, and came back to Ireland and set up Irish School of Motoring Amazing. in 1965 or something like that, but a long time ago. So, And so what did that mean for your household growing up then? Look, I, I always grew up, but my dad was an entrepreneur, and and I, I think the word is 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 seen more positively now. Uh, you know, people may nearly strive to be entrepreneurs now. Uh, it was a dirty word, wasn't it? I, I kind of, I, I, I wouldn't, I would, I, I maybe, yeah, like for someone to call themselves an entrepreneur uh, was not seen as a positive thing. It's funny because actually, um, a very good friend of mine back in the 80s, taught his four-year-old niece this yeah. trick. And she, he would say to her, tell me a dirty word. And right. she'd say, entrepreneur. <laughs> and, 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 but I think it was a bit Del Boy, wasn't it? It was a bit fly-by night. Definitely. And I still, if someone was to ask me, am I an entrepreneur? I still would, you know, even though I take great pride in, 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 in who you are and what you are. And what I've done. But uh, like I, I grew up with uh, watching my dad build a great business. That's still a good business. Irish School of Motoring is a household name in Ireland. That is B to C. It's an easy one to explain. And uh, like uh, lots of the, the Irish people have gone through the doors and learned to drive through our, from Irish School of Motoring. So I grew up with I, that. I believe you were an early YouTube star and you appeared in some of the instruction videos. Is that right? It was before YouTube, <laughs> I think. But uh, I, look, I was a driving instructor when I was 20. I learned to become a driving instructor. And uh, I saw a niche in the market that people were very nervous going into um, uh, to do their driving test. They didn't know what to expect. So uh, I, with a friend of mine, uh, who's doing some great things now, uh, but it, we, 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 we did these loads of videos on, we did a mock driving test and loads of tutorials. So that wasn't your father's company, that was your own? Well, it was, we, 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 we did in the conjunction with Motoring Guide to Passing a Driving Test. Amazing. And lots of the videos are still on YouTube, but uh, they were never intended to be on YouTube. <laughs> they were intended to be sold. Yes. And, and that was an early stage kind of SaaS business where we put it up online. There was CDs that were sold in Easons and so on, but then we built it into a website we put it online and people subscribed to it and uh, I didn't know what SAS meant at the time, but that's kind Nobody of what Nobody did, it was, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> you know, I couldn't put a year on it, but, uh, but you know, I, I was only talking to somebody today who uh, had to do their test again and they found my videos online. Wow. So I still meet people. That was me in the videos. So That's quite a legacy. Yeah, it was a good success, you know. But that wasn't your only business. You you, you had a, a sort of a smorgasbord of businesses in your youth. I got married only five years ago and my brother was the best man and uh, his speech was about all the business ideas that I've had. So we should have brought him in instead of you, should we? Probably, <laughs> but you know what, the speech went on quite a while and uh, I've had more businesses probably than anybody, but that's always been my passion. I, I see, I love all business and, uh, you know, I see everything I see, I just can't help myself. Um, I, I like coming up with ideas for it, you know. If anything, what, what, if you had to, if you had to live in one department in a business, what's your core strength? 
Look, I, I, what I've learned is I recently did a leadership for growth uh, course uh, set out by by uh, Enterprise Ireland, and I, I think you you know you have to get kind of self aware what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I'm probably not a good manager, but I'm a good leader. Yeah. So in lots of different businesses over the years, uh, you know, I've always grabbed friends into me, in with the business, and and iCabby was built with lots of friends. You know, there's been positive and negatives in that, but, uh, you know, we've we've got a very strong culture um, and, and like lots of the kind of senior managers or people I've known for a very long time. And, and again, that's something that I've been very proud of. OK, I need to go back to one business in particular, the rabbits. I have to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> it was a very, very, very long time. I, I, I went to, I, I grew up in Sutton and I went to school in St. Michael's and uh, we used to get to train over every day when I was probably... Um, well, every day, but when I was 13, uh, somebody told me, we used to stop off in town and go into a pet shop, and somebody told me that you could make money from selling rabbits. And uh, so I went home and asked my parents. How old were you at this stage? I'd, I'd say 13, maybe, okay. or something like that, you know, but uh, I went home and asked my parents, because we, we did, we'd a, a guinea pig cage in the house. My, my sister got a guinea pig. There's no guinea pigs in it, but uh, they, they died. But there was a guinea, there was a cage anyway. <laughs> that and, that was uh, an omen to begin with. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's another story. But, uh, um, but, but I asked them, could I get rabbits? They said, definitely not. Probably with some bad words thrown in there. But uh, uh, so I didn't listen to them as I probably never did. And phase one was to get a boy rabbit and say a male rabbit and to say... I love it, it phase was, one. Yeah, phase <laughs> one, yeah. And to say it was my friends, I was going to mind the rabbit. So they were cool with that. Two weeks later, I set in motion phase two, which was getting no, a female No, no prizes. <laughs> and uh, um, anyway, what they say about rabbits is absolutely true. And uh, within a number of short months there was lots of rabbits in the garden and uh, I remember letting them out we couldn't get them all into the hutch and so the garden growing up was full of rabbits you, you were not able to sell the rabbits I certainly hadn't done you hadn't had done your pipeline work definitely <laughs> hadn't uh, and one by one the, fo the fox nailed every one of them but you'd look out in our back garden and you'd see two dogs and I think there was nine rab rabbits oh just littering gosh. the garden but it was a great sight for uh, and, but it was it was an early business venture that didn't work. There's been plenty of other ones, but that one certainly didn't work. There wasn't a market for it. Fair enough. Every, every day's a learning day, Gavin, you know. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what I learned there. <laughs> um, so all these businesses going on and, and that thirst is there. So maybe maybe some failures, some successes. Um, what happened then? This was all while you were in secondary school. So, yeah. so what were the decisions that followed uh, leaving secondary school? Um, even like I kind of wanted to get into accountancy. I like numbers. Um, I like money, but, mm -hmm. but I like numbers. Uh, I, and I went into a business degree and um, I was up in Mountjoy Square, part of DIT. Get your, you'd get your uh, degree from Trinity. And I was, first year I sailed through without going in at all. All of a sudden you get to college and Nobody really telling you have to go in. I didn't go in. Uh, but I'd done all business subjects for, for leaving cert. So I was able to sail through the first year of college. Second year went in and uh, it was getting to Christmas and I hadn't been going in. But all the guys that I was kind of hanging out with, uh, I remember going into one class, my first time going in. They all had notes and I didn't have anything. So I realised I was in trouble. So uh, somebody, a cousin of mine had rang me and they were saying, what do you got going for Christmas? Didn't you, didn't you, I, I like to make money from different things. And uh, they used to get a few Christmas trees and go door to door selling them to get some beer money for Christmas. So I thought that was kind of a good idea. We, Everyone around Sutton Hoth had to go down to the local church 
and uh, pick the Christmas tree, put it in the booth. Transportation issues. All, all these kind of things. So we, I used, my father had trucks available to us and uh, through Irish School of Motoring. And uh, uh, we got 400 Christmas trees from a field in Roscommon. And uh, we were able to, we, we delivered flyers door to door, which I've done for other different businesses. And uh, we went door to door with Christmas trees and we sold them all. Phenomenal success, and I got money. See, there was a good margin in that now. It was a great margin, yeah, and it's it's gone up a lot since. Only there's a lot more people in the area yeah. doing it. We did that for probably about four or five years. I would make a forest out of my parents' back garden, uh, and where the uh, rabbits used to live. Where the rabbits <laughs> used to live, yeah, yeah. But it was a it was a great business, and in the couple of weeks, you could make a lot of money. So that was a, that was a great success, yeah. So while you were supposed to be learning the theory about money, you were kind of busier making it. Yeah, uh, you know, I lots and lots of quick book ideas. They weren't probably proper businesses, from what I've learned now. Um, but uh, yeah, I would have. I, I I was running nightclubs. Um, you know, back. You know, the the scene was people like going out and partying and so on. So I did. Young good people don't do that anymore. Do they not? No, yeah, I just yeah, found yeah, out today. Not, yeah, <laughs> I, either do I. You know, but uh, you know, and, and they were there was some great. You know, we we ran some great nights, and then you ran some nights that were big failures, and so I learned a lot about. Uh, I learned bits and pieces about lots of different businesses. So um, tried lots of things. So what was the moment then? Um, I, I, it's funny because when when, um, when I interview entrepreneurs, there's definitely something around um, a, an embedding in a sector, an understanding. What you grow yeah. up with becomes the, the, the sort of the journey for the business. And, and obviously cars um, were, were in your blood and your DNA from your dad's business. What was the epiphany moment then with iCabby? Um, it was about, it was, it was 10 years ago last month, actually. Congratulations. And, uh, I was over in Portugal with uh, my girlfriend. Uh, she's now my wife. And she was pregnant with my first child. I've now four. Um, but but we, four or five congratulations in there. But yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's a nice, I'll, I'll finish up a nice story. But uh, uh, we, uh, we went out walking one day and we got badly lost. And we were about four or five hours out walking. I just got one of the first iPhones. And um, I used, eventually, when I thought of it, I used the, the map on the iPhone to see the road I needed to get to. But I had an idea that if I could see live taxis in the map on my phone, and then book one by pushing a button, it would solve my problem. So Imagine. that idea, which seems very obvious right now, was quite a, was a very new concept at the time. And I remember the day I got home, I remember ringing my brother straight away about this idea. I was getting really excited about it. And it, it dragged me into what is probably one of the most exciting industries in the world. It's really how we move is changing. And uh, so it's been a hell of a roller coaster of a ride. I was in Portugal just three weeks ago. We drove to the same area, it's 10 years exactly on, and uh, I had my nine-year-old child uh, taking a picture of myself, my wow. wife, out I mean, That was kind of a, um, a, a, a you know, that, that moment was just three weeks ago, really had a bit of a profound effect on me because so much has happened since. Um, you know, that, what that moment created has affected. We've 140 people in the business. We just completed half a billion bookings on the platform. Uh, you know, we're operating. We've over 500 taxi companies. We've our solution is in. So it's changed a lot of lives positively, and we we've we've. Uh, it's not been easy, um, but that that moment uh, has 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 made a big impact on the taxi industry. And when you had that penny drop, was it? Um at that point, was it a B2B solution or was it a consumer facing? It was a consumer facing, yeah. So we, we you know, I was still working for my father, uh, um, doing any other business I could to try and get away from 
you know, uh, it, it ended up staying because I wanted to do my own thing. But uh, yeah, we started out as a B2C business um, and we kind of tried that. It didn't really work for us. Um, and where were the big players at this stage? Had they entered the market? There wasn't any big players, no. That was it. So no. you were pre pre all the... Pre-Ubers and all these these big businesses, yeah. So uh, 2010, I think we launched in, in Dublin with 320 independent taxi drivers. Uh, that uh, didn't work for, you know, we, we didn't really have business experience. We certainly didn't have much investment at all available to us. Um, and, but we'd launched in Cork as well through a taxi company. And Cork worked... As a pilot. It, it kind of, yeah. And, and the model in Dublin didn't work. So although it failed, we saw a glimmer of hope with, in what happened in Cork. And we, we decided to go again, not throw in the towel. And the aim was to link together taxi companies through one technology and market them under the ICAB brand. So in 2011, we found a company in Dublin called Express Taxis um, who uh, liked what we were doing, liked us, and a lot of trust in us because we didn't really have a business at the point. Uh, we were just uh, three guys at that point. Um, and, you know, the owner of the company uh, took a big risk on us and uh, we launched again. That worked better. We built a dispatch solution for her company. And iCabby, as the consumer brand, didn't really work. And it was only then in 2012 we met with VIP Taxis, which is a well-known company in Dublin, who didn't like our model. They said, you know, there's a conflict of interest between B2C and B2B. And they said, if you just focus on dispatch you know, create and, a solution and, for us. Yeah, yeah, and and ditch your B B to C aspirations. We, we'll go with you. So we had a good long hard think internally, and uh, and we did that, and uh, that was that turned out to be you know not everyone can be the Uber. So the flip side of the coin is the traditional taxi industry. Well, it, well I know it wasn't all plain sailing. It wasn't an no. easy ride. We're we're going to take a short break, okay. and after that, we're going to come back and talk tough times. Okay. The Architects of Business on Joel, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. So you find yourself in a position where you have the beginnings of a business that's that's working. Yes, um, like it took a few years. We were not fully um, engaged, if that's the word. You know, we were all still. Uh, only putting a toe in, committed. if you like. We hadn't fully committed, yeah. Um, but in 2012, um, it, it you know, we, we, we signed a big customer now and um, we started on the path to putting business plans together, you know, uh, getting into, you know, looking to raise money and so on. Uh, it was late 2012 that we did raise some money. Got our got the big client VIP taxis live. And so did they white label at that stage? Uh, they, it's always white label. So, yeah. so the name iCabby will never see the light yeah. of day, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, unfortunate in a yeah. way. I was thought it was a good consumer brand, yes. but uh, it won't see the light of day anyway. And um, yeah, so our business, we're just a B2B solutions provider to taxi companies. So uh, it did take a few years. It wasn't all plain sailing. Yeah. You must remember some really tough times and stuff that was difficult to take because you've spoken already about tenacity and sticking with it. Yeah. That that core principle that drives entrepreneurs forward. What, what was the toughest time? Yeah, like, you know, like every day is tough. Like genuinely, you, you, it's, 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 it's a bit of a, a cliche, but it's an absolute roller coaster. You know, we have, and I'm sure every entrepreneur or any any anybody kind of running any company would have similar stories, but um, uh, you know we've run out of money. 
Uh, we've had to put, pe put people on half wages. Um, we, we've not really looked. Look, luckily, we've always been growing. But, you know, I would nearly say any problem that could ever hit us, hit us. And, uh, you know, we've had shareholder problems. You know, it's, it's, it's been an incredibly difficult path that uh, will we'll test every fibre in your being, really. Um, but they continue to happen. And as somebody that uh, I, I really value their opinion, they just said business is about solving problems. Mm. And every day you're going to have a new problem. And uh, it's your ability to, to, to not get knocked down too much. Uh, in the dark times, you, you need those little glimmers of light to, keep, light to keep you going. And luckily, we've always had them at ICABI, um, even when there's times, and there's been so many, that we thought maybe the business might not make it. Um, for some reason, we've just come through them all, which is, uh, uh, you know, I should have written them all down. Because well, it's funny because, I mean, I, I've, I've been through uh, my own entrepreneurial journey and continue to be on it, but I, th I think often that first critical moment where you, you're in crisis. Yeah. That's nearly the worst one. And from there, you almost become, not inured to it, but you, you get used to that feeling. The stakes get higher, the problems get bigger, yeah. the rewards get bigger in tandem with it. So yeah. it, it, I, I think it, the problems will always be there. Yeah. It, they just become bigger problems. Yeah, and, and like you, you kind of think, too, like you said one thing there that you, you get used to. I'm not sure I do. I, I take everything quite personally, you know. Um, this business is my is my baby, you know. Um, and and, and it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's outside of family. It's just, it's, it's, it's what I do. And, and making a success of it's just, is everything to me. Yeah, so. and I, I suppose get used to them is not the right terminology. It's more that you have... Um, uh, a, a mechanism to deal with them. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. As I said, there's, there's particularly as the business has grown, there's 140 people in the business and, you know, we only had 80 people this time last year. Um, you know, you, you get into, there's lots of people problems. There's, there's just problems everywhere. And, and as CEO, my job is kind of, although you get a good team underneath you, um, your, your problem, your, my job is kind of dealing with problems, yeah. you know. And most problems have two legs. They absolutely do. Yeah. So, with all that in mind, and and the kind of uh, the roller coaster and the crisscross journey, um, you must be asked to mentor people. You must be asked for your advice all the time. What advice would you give to the many budding entrepreneurs who are watching this right now? I, I do you know what I, I do, and I feel very fortunate and humbled when people do ask my advice. I think I think the journey that people follow in business is quite similar. You know, there might be different businesses, it's different It's quite universal, isn't it? But, um, you know, I've, I've uh, through the Entrepreneur of the Year, you get to meet some brilliant people and and uh, through the Leadership for Growth. And you know what? Different businesses, they all face the same challenges. So, um, you know, I, I, when, I, when I'm asked advice and so on, I, I, for me, you know, I, I've, I've, you see some people that when they start out in business, they don't want to tell anybody about anything. And I don't do that. I share my ideas and I talk to lots of different people uh, I, you know, I use my network um, as, you know, as best I can because, you know, and, and I, I continue to always, even in everyday business, I'm always coming up with ideas myself. Uh, I, I continue, continue to do that. And lots of them might not be good ideas, but the more people you talk to and if they're trusted people, they will, you know, uh, help elevate the good ones and help you push back the bad ones. So I, I think the main advice is, you know, when you hear people coming up with different business ideas and start particularly in startups the business might not be a good idea and people who just are a bit further down the road 
in the business world can spot that a mile yeah. off. And I think, you know, uh, advice to people starting out in particular would be to, you know, go look for that advice. I think people are willing to give it and uh, it, can, it can help you avoid lots of mistakes. And I suppose make sure you're getting advice from the right source, somebody who's done it, you know? You know, and I, I was always very fortunate to have my dad. Uh, you know, he didn't really understand software. As the business progressed, it it became something different. But, you know, but but even in his, it's a very different business. He's been able to advise me, and I'm very lucky to have had that. But I've, I have a great support network. And people in the business, you know, the, the team of people that have been there from from you know from day one and, and early stages in the business uh, we, we work very well together and I think that's a really important uh, element to success so it's, it's I couldn't a, do it on my own it, it feels like know. family the way you talk yeah, about like it I, I couldn't do it on my own there's so many you know I have strengths but I've I've there's so many things that I could not do in business um, even from in the early days you know uh, putting business plans that's not me you know so you need to know your strengths and and uh, you know fill your with, fill the gaps with, with with great people around you and they're the people that are really going to make a business there's uh, not, not just one person you know yeah be too lonely on your own anyway definitely yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you spoke about uh, the entrepreneur of the year program yeah um so when were you involved in that? When did your, your involvement begin? That was 2016, I think, pretty sure. Um, not uh, so long ago. Not so long ago. And, and we were, you know, you, you don't, you have to get uh, uh, recommended. Somebody has to put you up for it. Uh, I probably would have, like, I didn't win, but that was okay. Getting in, you know, there's lots of people uh, apply first. There's lots of uh, entrance put into it. And to get in for me was something, it, it was, it was, it was nearly like winning my Wimbledon, you know, because who nominated you? Uh, it was it was um, uh, I, it was somebody. It was, I think it was Shane McDonald from from marketing in our business. I'm pretty sure he put me into it. So um, how you know, did you feel when when he told you that he'd I done did, it? You know what? I, I, again, back to what we started with. You know, calling calling yourself an entrepreneur is not I wouldn't say not a dirty word. But that's what we started uh, the the interview with and. And um, but look, it's something I feel immense pride with, yeah. genuinely. Um, you know, and then when you got to meet some of the companies, we we were a bit earlier than other companies. I felt, um, but it was it was it was something. There's a there's a trophy that everybody gets, and as somebody says, like when when, when we, uh, I think the the first day of the of the entrepreneur program, somebody says this is not something you can buy your way into. It's not yeah. something you pay money to get into. You know, you're in on mer merit because you're an entrepreneur and because of your story. Um, and, and that meant a lot to me, genuinely. That's, I have that, uh, I've moved into a lovely new house and I have that trophy in a very special place in my house because it means a lot to me. Amazing. And what impact did it have then? So obviously there's a validation piece, which is huge, um, but, there, but there are tangible impacts to the programme as well. Yeah, look, I, I, I think like our business, we've been very fortunate since the Entrepreneur of the Year, we have um, been 80% acquired by Group Renault. Um, so, you know, uh, which is massive, really. Like, um, So how, how do they use the, the technology? You know, look, the, 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 the world is changing, you know, and certainly people buying cars, you, you know, how people move is, is, is going to change. So the, the car companies are investing in mobility startups, and that's effectively what we are. We probably might not have called ourselves that a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, we've got uh, um, 70,000 cars right now driving around on our platform. 
Um, you know, today alone we'll, we'll complete about 750,000 trips around the world. So, and that's growing exponentially. You know, we'll, we'll hit a million bookings a day this year towards the end of, the, end of the year. So, you know, Renault is, is looking at, they, they know their model and as do all the other car companies. Uh, is going to change when autonomous cars and these things sharing that, economy all these things you know car ownership is dropping so less people are buying cars so they need to figure out ways of 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 uh, of staying in business you know it's, it's um, so they're making they're they're investing in lots of different kind of startup business mobility solutions and at the end of the day we've seventy thousand cars at the moment not to be sniffed at uh, not many of them are Renaults you know so there's an obvious um, uh, value there for them um, so. You know, we've our, a key part of our strategy is is is, is electric vehicles going forward. So, um, and that's perfectly in line with what Renault's strategy is. You know, they're, they're investing billions into into electric vehicles. So, look, there's a, there's a there's a very obvious match up there. And so, given that you're, you know, the the taxi industry is is you know who you are. Yeah. Um, what do you think the future is in terms of driverless cars and how much is that going to disrupt the industry? Yeah, and if you go back, I did say my, my, my father owns Irish School of Motoring, so when autonomous cars, people won't be learning to drive. So, yeah. you know, the, the effects of autonomous cars is very interesting. You know, it's going to affect every kind of business. Um, uh, so, look, in, in our business, I think electric vehicle is electric vehicles, you know, the combustion engine is going to decline. Electric vehicles are going to rise. People care about the environment. It's important. Each car is giving off uh, 4.96 cubic tons of emissions every year. Taxis are doing three to four times that. So, you know, our, our goal in the next number of years is to kind of try and uh, bring in a new program that introduces electric vehicles to the taxi industry. So it's a key part of our strategy. Um, autonomous cars, I, I don't think they're going to happen the way, even though I've been in one, I've been in Renault's uh, autonomous car, I went to France and I got to, I used to teach people to drive, so I've been in the passenger seat, you know, it, it's just a car driving around roads, yeah. it works, yeah. um, there's going to be regular um, regulation problems and insurance issues that are going to slow it down. But that is coming, and I think it's... Never mind it's, the moral dilemmas that come into play. But, but I do think it's down the road a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, down the Keys, I think there was a, a pod which goes up and down. So it's not going to happen like people think it's going to happen. That would be the view of Renault as well. It's not going to happen where the click of finger, it's going to be autonomous cars everywhere. It's gonna, they're going to be quite uh, simple to start with. That's going to evolve over many years. So, I, you know, I don't think we're going to see too many changes in the next five years on the roads of Dublin, for sure. Okay. I'm I'm interested because you know it, it's such. Um, I suppose every industry is disruptable and being disrupted yeah. at the moment. Knowing what you know now, um, if you could start all over again, would you do things differently? Would you create a different company? Look, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I landed in probably one of the most exciting industries. You know. They think mobility as a service is going to be the highest growth areas in the world in the next 20 years. So that's that's pure excitement and it's changing all the time. And our ideas for the business need to change because there's no blueprint for what the future looks like. So we need to keep thinking. So that plays into exactly what I like doing. Um, you know, the, the only downside I would say about the business is a very mission critical business. You know, these systems have to stay working. You know, if it's if they stop working, I mentioned we've seven hundred and fifty thousand bookings a day. You know, that's mission critical. If that stops working, it's a big 
you know, problems. So, you know, if if I was ever to go again, but that's not going to happen anytime in the near future. But, you know, you might pick a less mission critical business. Okay. You know, because it's, it's, uh, it's um, a, again, a business that just cannot ever go down. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's a difficult it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing on, on the mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I suppose getting close to finishing up now, yeah. what makes iCabby successful? Definitely the team, you know. Um, uh, you know, we've, I've, I've brought in so many good friends into the business. Um, I've, my dad always advised me not to build, not to work with friends. I did the complete opposite, but that's worked for me. And, and, I, and you know, particularly as the business has grown up, lots of those people have had to move into different roles. We've brought in more professional management. Um, and really my job is surrounded, it's a, another cliche, but my job is surrounding myself with people that just have really kind of done it before and been there before. Um, that you can learn from as you well. You can learn from, but what we need to do is keep that entrepreneurial spirit that made us who we are. And that's something that we've, um, We've tried, it's difficult as a business gets bigger, but, um, you know, the, all the team, there's kind of six original shareholders, if you like, uh, we're all still there. Um, we're all still working very hard to make sure the taxi companies are a key part in the future of mobility. So we're, we're still very excited about the business because it can do great things. So that's a good fortunate position to be in. It sure is. Gavin, thank you so much for coming in to join thank us very on much. Architects Absolute Business. Pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Architects of Business on Joe, made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Thanks, of course, to the team here at Maximum Studios and to my guest, Gavin Walsh. If you haven't already done so, go right now and subscribe to get a brand new episode into your feed every two weeks for free. I'm Sonia Lennon. Thanks for tuning in. The Architects of Business on Joe, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs.